Today on the Homeboys Podcast, we are talking with Daniel Jewell. He is a young man that is 27 years old and has gotten started in real estate and done it in a way that the homeboys are completely on board with. We're hoping that this episode will speak to not only the new investor, but to the younger generation out there. Daniel drove a long way to be with us, and we are very grateful for him to be on this podcast. Stay tuned. You're kicking it with the homeboys. You're kicking it with the Homeboys and the Homeboys Podcast. My name is Clint Weatherill. We've got a very exciting and unique show today. We are talking with Daniel Jewell, and Daniel has been a listener of the podcast. Um, he's followed us on some of our other social media p- platforms, and he's had some questions for us, and they've all been really good questions, and he's also had some good feedback for us. Today on the Homeboys Podcast, we are talking with Daniel Jewell. He is a young man that is 27 years old and has gotten started in real estate and done it in a way that the homeboys are completely on board with. We're hoping that this episode will speak to not only the new investor, but to the younger generation out there. Daniel drove a long way to be with us, and we are very grateful for him to be on this podcast. Stay tuned. You're kicking it with the homeboys. You're kicking it with the Homeboys and the Homeboys Podcast. My name is Clint Weatherill. We've got a very exciting and unique show today. We are talking with Daniel Jewell, and Daniel has been a listener of the podcast. Um, He's followed us on some of our other social media platforms, and he's had some questions for us, and they've all been really good questions, and he's also had some good feedback for us. Maybe the Homeboys are just fear-mongering too much. And not getting into the nuts and bolts of real estate investing. And he's kind of opened our eyes to that. And I'm very gracious and thankful that uh, he has reached out to us. So we said, hey, man, why don't you come on the show? And he has agreed uh, to come on. So we're going to be talking about um, getting started in real estate investing. Daniel is a little bit younger than both Scotty and I. So I think that he could really speak to the younger generations out there that are trying to get started, or really anyone that's trying to get started. We've got the opportunity to listen to his story a little bit uh, off camera, and he's a really, really interesting young man, and we're just very, very glad that he's on the show. So, Daniel, how are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing good, man. We we just got done talking off camera a little bit. I really appreciate you coming on, and we're wanting to really – kind of open everyone's eyes to how someone could get started. And we, we kind of um, got into your story a little bit, and I really admire, you know, how you got started. But first of all, let's just tell us a little bit about, about you. Tell us about Daniel. Um, yeah, named Daniel Jewell. Uh, my, uh, my family is originally from L.A., although I was born in uh, Virginia, northern Virginia. Um, I'm 27 years old. I'm one of six, number five. Um, I was homeschooled and, uh, 
um, kind of growing up, we never had parents didn't accept excuses. <laughs> I love that. We didn't talk about <laughs> yeah. that off air. Yeah. My dad was the same way. So yeah. I love it. Yeah. So, um, I can't wasn't really a good acceptable answer. It was, you know, you gotta, you gotta take forward and you gotta take responsibility for a lot of things. And I think that translated to real estate, um, very well. Um, because, um, there's always a way it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what doesn't matter. Right. I don't care. It's, there's always a way. It's just, you haven't found it yet. So, you know, when you are having a hard time, you just can be like, well, you know, I just, I got to talk to somebody or I got to do something and then I'll, I'll figure it out. Um, and yeah. Right. Well, I think that that's a, a really um, good quality. I mean, I, I have a hard time with people that, uh, that are constantly making excuses. And we, me and Scotty talk about a Rocky, you know, quote, you know, all the time that um, talks about, you know, uh, d- not pointing fingers and saying you're not where you need to be because of him or her or anybody. Yeah, it's you not know, Cowards do that, and that ain't you. So, you know, we're, we're big we're big into that. And Scotty always, you know, says, hey, just do it when it comes to real estate. So I think that uh, that, that psyche and that mentality – will suit you very well now and going forward. But um, but let's kind of dive into it. You're, you're, you're fully, you know, getting immersed into real estate yep. and you've, you've got your, your feet wet. Tell us a little bit about how you got started. Do you, um, we could start with your primary residence. I think that that, yeah. that was part of your story. Um, let's start there and then we can get into kind of some of your, you know, investments and stuff later too. Right. So, um, my, actually my little brother, Devin, um, showed me the bigger pockets podcast. And, um, I listened to a lot of stuff. Like back when I was in high school, I listened to my entire local library's audio section, mm-hmm. like alphabetically. Yeah. <laughs> so I really like audio stuff. And, um, and I started listening to them. And the biggest thing that I took away from is just get started. Mm-hmm. And a lot of ways that you can do that is just to buy a primary residence because, um, a lot of, there's only a f- fair amount of levers that you can pull when it comes to your, your finances, you mm-hmm. know, you have outgoing and some of that is your primary residence. So first step, buy a house. And, um, I ended up, um, we, we kind of partnered on that one and then it kind of phased out, but ended up buying this house and, um, there were no floors in it. Um, and I mean, like you could jump into the crawl space mm-hmm. in some places, so it didn't qualify for traditional financing. So we ended up having to do a um, a two hundred three B loan, mm-hmm. which is the little brother to the two hundred three K loan, which is basically where you wrap the rehab costs into the uh, purchase of the house. Okay, I'm familiar with the two hundred three K. What's the difference in the in the two hundred three B? B is five thousand minus okay. K is plus. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why what happened to the other letters, but yeah, you know. <laughs> well, the two hundred three K used to be really, really popular about fifteen years ago. You saw it a lot on HUD HUD foreclosures and right. different things. You saw it a lot, um, but yeah, be honest, I don't really know much about the two hundred two hundred three B. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's basically the exact same thing for the two hundred three K. The biggest hurdle that I found was finding a contractor that was willing to take um, oversight from the bank. That was really, really hard to do. So um, if you are going to try to find a house that you can add value to, find some contractors and build a relationship with them prior to just asking them for something. Is that because of, like, the payment structure? They have to wait on the bank and you have to go through all that, right? Yeah. Now, um, 
uh, Meet Kevin. He's a YouTuber. He outlines mm. his experience because he also did this. Um, it's kind of on some of his older videos, but the way he did it was he he had a chunk of a chunk of cash that he that's how he paid the contractor mm-hmm. and then he reimbursed himself via the bank i don't know if that's the exact right way to do it okay but that's the way he bridged that gap of the trust right so build a relationship with the contractor first and then move forward that was a big hurdle that almost that almost lost me the deal because of that so tell me like getting do you feel like by going through that kind of loan process um were you able to get in you know, with, with equity at a, at yeah. a good price? Or? Yeah, so um, a lot of people, everybody complains about competition. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be competition. And let's get it back to the excuses. Don't, if there's competition, maybe that market is saturated. So go where there's less competition and add value there because there's always going to be value to add somewhere. Right. Um, but a lot of people, I guess maybe not now, but like, you know, um, (laughs) is to find a HUD approved agent Mm -hmm. and preferably an agent that is a real estate investor themselves. Um, But I lucked out and I, I kind of chose him. I was like, Hey, Mm -hmm. we're going to work together. Kind (laughs) of. Yeah. Um, And, and he found a HUD house um, that was being, uh, that was foreclosed on. It was really rough. So it was, wasn't it? And um, it was in the investor stage. So when a HUD house comes on the market, they, the first month, it's not accessible to investors. Mm-hmm. It's only owner occupants. All right. So it was well within that. I think it was on the market for like 200 days or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we made an offer at like one, it was being, it was advertised at 150, but we made an offer on like 120 mm-hmm. and then they accepted it. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, maybe we should have offered less. <laughs> Cause they, well, they, you know, I tell you, you know, the reason why I, why I was smiling, um, Believe it or not, like, I mean, HUD foreclosures was literally how I started in real estate, how, um, and kind of figuring out the system. Now, it's changed over the years, okay. you know, but, you know, whenever I, whenever I got started, homes on uh, Monday afternoon would go from owner-occupant status to investor status, and... Then their foreclosures were very plentiful here in central Indiana, just in the two counties that I was really active in, there were, call it 100, 150 homes that would go from owner-occupant to an investor status on Monday. So I'd be in front of the computer, I'd research them, that 100, 150 would go to 10, 11, 12 that I was interested in. Then I'd get on the road and I'd, I'd tour all these homes and then I'd get back in front of my computer and I had till midnight to put the bid in. Um, like I said, I know it's a lot different now, mm-hmm. but back then, you know, you talk about uh, being scared to, or wishing that you'd win a little bit lower. Back then it was a, it was, it was an equation. I mean, it was good. That, 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 yeah. that HUD had, and I had figured out that, if no one else outbids you on that first day that they went from owner occupant to investors, 88% of list price, their computer system would accept yeah. a bid at 88% of list price. Would not do 87, um, you know, but 88 was was the magic number. Um, and that's how, that's 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 literally, you know, what I did for three, three full years. So I know that HUD foreclosure game, um, well, I shouldn't say that. I, I used to know it exceptionally well. I don't know it as, as they good They updated now, their terms but, recently. Mm-hmm. So, but now there's a lot more competition, so I'm there's sure. There's still less mm-hmm. competition when it comes to HUD. So finding a HUD agent, somebody that knows the HUD, 
you know, shtick, it, it would be a good thing to weed out because not every eight, not all agents are created equal. So mm-hmm. it's no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Most, I mean, whenever back in, back in uh, 2003, um, four, whenever I was starting in this, I mean, practically zero agents had any idea about, uh, investing. About, about investing or especially HUD foreclosures. Um, I had my license parked at a Century 21 office for a while, and I remember going to the sales manager and saying, hey, I'm wanting to buy HUD foreclosures. Can you help me out? Yeah, most of and them he still said, like, he yeah. said, I have no idea. Yeah. And, you know, you, I had to seek that out. But anyhow, so you were able to get in mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, at a good price with some equity. Right. Yeah. And, and just I, I don't want to um, forget this part. So before I was able to buy it, you need to be financially sound. Basically, you need to have a good credit score. You know, if you can get to 700 plus, that's great, mm-hmm. right? You need to have a minimum of like three or four credit cards to get to that point. And um, you need to have at least like 10 grand saved, mm-hmm. right? Because not not everybody just like, just go buy a house, but not everybody has $10,000 or $14,000 just to dump on a, on a, on a, uh, like a 3.5% down payment mm-hmm. and, you know, closing costs and all that other stuff. So get good credit score, get at least 10,000 saved, mm-hmm. and then um, you can move forward. But there's a lot of other options when it comes, they can wrap some of those into the loan sometimes, but in most cases, it's good just to have that cash because it'll give you some buffer. Well, I'm really happy to hear you to, to hear you say that because, I mean, so much of what I see on social media is, you know, if you put anything down, you're stupid. No. You know, don't, uh, um, you know, leverage as much as you possibly can. If not, go get hard money at, uh, you know, 14% if you have to. So what got you on the path of being able to enter enter that way did you so you know, learn on bigger pockets or something else we listen i listen to bigger pockets as well so right. I, you know I, I believe in in the bigger pockets podcast but uh, you know what i see so many people your age that aren't thinking oh i'm going to get into real estate i'm going to save at least ten thousand dollars and do this that's good for your first which time. i think it's awesome that you did <laughs> you know uh, kudos to you that's what i that's yeah. what we preach so how, how, how did you come across that like equation I just looked at what needed to be done. Mm-hmm. What do I need to do this? Okay. That's what I need to do. So mm-hmm. do that to get it. And I think you need to you need to apply that same thought process to almost anything else in in your in your life. If if somebody if it's at work and you want them to do something and they want something in return, why don't you just give it to them? Yeah. You're making this emotional. Stop making it emotional. Just if you're willing to give them what they want and they give you you what you want, who cares? Right. It doesn't matter. So just just figure it out and move forward. And it's just a matter of just doing some basic research, just basic Googling. What do I need to do to buy a house? And in most cases, you can go to the loan officer, any loan officer, and just be like, hey, I'm trying to buy a house. What do I need to do? Mm-hmm. And then they will tell you specifically, hey, your tax return needs to look like this. Your debt to income, in, income ratio needs to look like this. And then... Going forward, that's all you need to do. You just do it. You know, do what people tell you to do. Great point with the loan officer. So, would you th- recommend a um, a younger real estate investor, a new real estate investor? Maybe that would even be an action step 
that to go to a loan officer yeah, the first, know, sooner rather than later and see what you need to do? Yeah, the first step for, I think, any any real estate investor is to buy a primary residence. Mm-hmm. Flat out, don't care, don't pass go, buy your primary residence. That's it. Just do that. And w- it, once you're going through that process, and this is the easy way, um, you'll learn a crazy amount. And, you know, they'll ask you what your shoe size is and, you know, everything. Oh, it, no. it, there's a lot. Every so, document since birth. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, once you go through that process, you can start looking at other options and it'll give you a better understanding. But the way I did it was um, I was also making, was it $27,000 a year? So I wasn't making a crazy amount, but mm-hmm. I bought a house, right? I did what I needed to do in order to get it. I saved up. I, you know, mowed grass. I whatever whatever you had to do you did it yeah because mm-hmm. i wanted something so i paid what needed to be paid to get it that's 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 it mm-hmm. <laughs> um but once you get your primary residence and for me what i did i was i was working out of college doing robotics and i i mean my boss was gaslighting me a little bit so i didn't mm-hmm. really want to stay there regardless <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um but um the the value of the w2 wasn't that high because I wasn't making a crazy amount. I was only making 27,000 um, versus in some version of construction. Um, you know, you can make a lot of money. You can make 80, 90, sometimes $150,000, right. you know, being a framer in some cases. Um, so I figured I would quit and then I would bide my time being self-employed for two years. Um, and the reason why I say two years is because when you're self-employed, um, uh, that's how long you have to file tax returns in order for it to qualify for a new loan. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you quit your job in robotics and you start doing construction, your income no longer counts. Right. Right. So um, if you're in a related field, it might, but it no longer does. So now you're at square one. You got to wait two years. Um, and basically what I did was I was, I was invoicing everybody for everything. I was trying to, you know, get my boost, my income as much as I can. And, um, and when I started filing taxes, I also tried, I didn't, I, I decided not to take all the deductions that I possibly could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, um, because every deduction that I took lowered my personal finances or my quote unquote profit. So I would mm-hmm. qualify for less. Um, and I had a target. I got with an accountant. I was like, how much money do I need to make in order to get to refinance my Let me house. just reiterate, you got with an accountant. Yes. <laughs> That's great. That's great. That's smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, so I got with an accountant, and we basically figured out what I what my income and my uh, financial profile needs to look like over the next two years in order to qualify for certain things. And my plan was to get a home equity line of credit on my primary residence and uh, refinance my house, or refinance my house and then get a home equity line. Mm-hmm. And I refinanced um, last December. Um, so my, my, um, and this is a great time to refinance. I know, really? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So my, my payment went Mm -hmm. from like a thousand dollars down to like 600, um, which was, which was great. Right. Um, And, um, I didn't take any equity out Mm -hmm. because, um, then it would be, I just didn't want to do that. And then I went to a, um, I shopped around a lot. So like I say, I went and just got it, but this is me calling like 80, 90 different banks, credit unions, everybody, everybody knew who I was. Um, and then I found somebody that was willing to work with me and then I, I moved forward, um, with the refinance. And then I did the same thing with the home equity line of credit. Um, and what happened was, is they ended up giving me, um, a hundred thousand dollars 
in a line of credit. And that was me tailoring that, that mm-hmm. comes specifically off of me tailoring my debt to income ratio right. specifically. Um, so, and that was like two or three years ago. That's me planning this out all this time, me making payments on my credit cards, me paying, you know, attention to my income every single month, making sure that it's up to par. So then I can qualify for this. And then once I got that, um, was it, uh, like two months ago, I started shopping for a house and, um, uh, last month on the 27th, I closed on my first rental property that. So I think, I think that it's important to kind of notate like everything that had, uh, had transpired you you jump forward you know years. well you you know you you did this you started with your primary residence yep twenty seven thousand dollars a year yep. you were making yep. um you know you, you, that, you that's you, before tax by the way right 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 so you know, <laughs> since, you, know you secured your primary residence at twenty seven thousand dollars you know you you were working with uh, in Northern Virginia, you know a, a realtor that you know specialized in foreclosures you um, you know worked with many different lenders talked to many different banks yeah. talked to your accountant you know all of these things i think it's important to notate that and acknowledge that all of these steps that you took you know didn't really cost you any money but no. were setting you up for what you needed for the future so you really created a great foundation of of getting to know the accounting piece of it getting to know the lending piece of it getting to know you know, all of this, it is, that is really, really a great foundation, you know, to, to start with this. And then, you know, you, you refinanced your house, did not pull any equity out. You took advantage of the low interest rates. Um, You got the access to a HELOC. Then you started looking for, you know, for an investment property. So great. Take us, take us into your investment property then. Uh, Yeah. So with the same agent that helped me buy my Mm -hmm. primary residence, he is awesome. Uh, and he's, he's just, he's just really great. And he kind of specializes in HUD properties. And, um, he, I, I mean, the word cheap is, is does not have a very positive connotation, but, um, I think that cheap properties make a lot of money. Everybody wants to buy a big flashy house, but the, the, the return that you get on those are not, not very much. Um, and one <laughs> and a lot of times bring about a lot more risk too. Yeah. In some mm-hmm. cases. And, um, the, the property that I got, um, I bought it for $42,000, but it was tax assessed at $92,000. So I bought it, bought it very below. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was on Trulia and it was an auction. Um, and, um, I, for the past month, I've been there pretty much full time, nonstop fixing it myself. Um, and, uh, actually I, the, <laughs> I'm not completely done. I didn't expect to mm-hmm. get the return that I did, but I, I started advertising and I started getting this just waves and waves and waves. I thought it, the market would have cooled down a little bit, but um, a lot of applicants and it ended up to rent the property. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, geez, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> cause I've, I work, I work during that two year period. I work for other investors and I get experience in, you know, like a year ago we posted a rental property and we got like 40 applicants in like the first hour. It was insane. Like, yeah. It was, it was crazy. Um, and I didn't think it would do the same, but the same thing. And I just, you know, basically just everybody was, you know, there are people that don't qualify, but just at that point, the best qualified candidate mm-hmm. and I played it placing a, a vet, a single, um, 
woman that is a vet in the area and she's moving and then mm-hmm. she makes like hundred K a year, which is a lot for that area too. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's good no matter where you're at really. Yeah. But, but I mean, from, for, for that area, I mean, hundred K is a lot here in Indianapolis also. Yeah. Um, but you know, I would think that that's a you know phenomenal applicant. Yeah. And she also took initiative when it came to it. So we posted the ad on Facebook and I'm, mm-hmm. we're only advertising on Facebook at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, she, <laughs> She found the email of my agent and emailed him. And then, but that wasn't posted is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So she she wanted something and then she moved forward and she got it. Um, and it, she ended up getting the property. So if you want something, take the initiative and move forward with it. And I think that's that's really crucial. But um, I... So is she in the property now? No, I literally like last night. We Last the night? Yeah. <laughs> Timing's everything, huh? Well, got you on the show at yeah. the right time. So cool. So yeah. So she's slated to move in beginning on the first, on the first of the of this next. That's month. when the, that's when the lease mm-hmm. is dated to take into effect. So lease all that stuff. You doing it all on your own? Yeah. So I just um, each state has a a basic lease, and that's mm-hmm. what I'm using. Um, I didn't. I figured. It, I mean. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, by no, the way. So no, it's not, not why I'm asking. Um, but I'm trying to say that, like, um, everybody or <laughs> landlords don't have a great reputation to begin with. Um, which is which is fair and unfair all at the same time. <laughs> but I get it. Yeah. Um, so I think if you just be, and I think we're all just try, we're all just trying to live in the world. So mm-hmm. I think if you're just a good if you just try to do right by people and you make the effort to do right by people, that will protect you from the majority of anything. I mean, if something bad happens and you mm-hmm. try to do right by that person, then it doesn't I mean, yeah, the at least is good mm-hmm. to have it. It's good to have that protection. But if you're trying to like, you know, structure things in all these complicated ways and, you know, it, it, it doesn't, you're not paying it forward. That's not the right mindset. It's more along the lines of like, Hey, provide a good home, provide good services, and then, you know, it'll come back. It's not. Absolutely. So you're going to, you're going to self-manage. Yes. The property, you know, for a while, which, you know, I totally recommend, you know, people in the beginning self-managing. I think that it's good to know the ins and outs, you know, of of real estate. Uh, There's always a few hurdles that come along with management. Management is one of the, you know, the pieces that really bring everything, Mm -hmm. you know, full circle. So to know, um, you know, the management piece, I think is very, very important. Mm -hmm. You know, once a person scales and, you know, goes from, you know, one to five, um, you know, I do believe at looking at a property manager, but that brings a whole nother set of problems in because there's a mountain of bad property managers out there, you know, as well. Um, you know, regrettably, but um, I think it's I think it's interesting for you to say that about the landlords. And I know that you've been watching our show and some of our content. We've we've talked about it a lot because some of the comments on there are just you know death yeah. to landlords yeah. and you know all yeah. this. Like I mean, it's hard for me to to, to fathom. Um, but you know, if anyone that hears your story and how you just explained it can say, um, you know that all landlords are bad, but some of these comments that we got, I mean, I think, you know, you're doing it the right way. Um, You know, you're providing, you know, a nice home that you stand behind 
that uh, you know if something goes wrong, you're standing you know behind it. You know, well, I don't, don't don't make me out to be some like selfless person. I I live five hours away. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like I am taking the opportunity to fix anything that I can. Right. All right. Everything. So then, if something does break. That's 100% on me. Right. You know, because, like, I, I replaced all the plumbing myself, and um, I had an electrician come out, and he inspected everything. Same thing with the HVAC system. It's got a new roof. Um, like, anything that could be broken, I replaced because I just – I don't want to drive back. No, I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> you know? But you're also not cutting corners to, you know, put uh, the least amount possible in a house that well, – uh, yeah, so, like, that, that comes into play where um, – if it works on, like, if the math works on a napkin, then it should, you should be fine. Mm-hmm. And and with this property, it the napkin math worked. Um, and basically what my plan is, I'd like to, um, once I get done um, with everything, I'm going to take my, my, my rehab costs and my purchase price and everything else, I'm going to try to go to a bank and I'm going to try to get a... Um, to refinance it and get up my money back. But the reason why I said that it's tax assessed at 92,000 is because um, most banks won't lend on anything less than around $100,000. Now that there are exceptions to that, mm-hmm. but I just haven't found them yet. Right, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, the, being that I bought it at $42,000 and I'm probably, probably in it for about, Ten thousand dollars right now mm-hmm. in materials. That's not including my time. If I included my, t- it'd be much higher. Understood. But I'm doing it all myself. I mean, it, and the, and these things are not complicated, guys. All right. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously. Like, people think that things are complicated, and it's not rocket science. I mean, there are nuances, but if you just try, you'll be ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. So replacing a sink, come on, like a couple screws. Yeah. Get some get some Teflon tape. Make sure it doesn't leak. If it leaks, take it apart, put it back together, and then you know just do it. Watch some YouTube. Um, I'm smiling because our, <laughs> you know, you know our, just, our, just do it. <laughs> our stories aren't that aren't aren't that different. Uh, you know, I had a I had a full time uh, day job in business to business sales, and whenever I would be done. I would go home, put my painting clothes on, and, I hate painting. and you know, I painting's hate rough. Uh, that was it. the first thing that went for me. You know, I. I in most of the homes I was investing in at the time, that was the biggest piece of it was the painting. And, yeah. you know, it drove me nuts. But, you know, I, that was the first thing I started to sub out, you know, uh, pretty quickly. But, uh, but you know, I, I got started, you know, working on all of all of my homes, you know, myself. Uh, I was kind of absent from the world for a couple of years because yeah. I was constantly, you know, working, you know. But um, I think that, you know, our stories are exceptionally similar to, to how, you know, I got started and how you're, you know, you're, on your upward trajectory now in real estate. So what, what is uh, your next step? You've, you've secured a tenant. Now they're getting ready to move into your first. Um, are you setting back, you know, you're securing financing, trying to secure financing. Mm-hmm. So once, once I, um, once I get my, all my paperwork together, which is basically, okay, take a step back. So a lot of, a lot of banks require a seasoning period, which is that's basically mm-hmm. a proof of concept. Uh, for that particular rental property. They want to see that it's performing for like six months or a year or something like that. Um, and I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I've done the math mm-hmm. a lot. And um, my tactic is I'm going to pay for the taxes for the next year. Or if they'll let me pay multiple years, I'm going to yep. do it because I'm going to keep it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also going to do that with the insurance and everything else. And I have the tenant 
paying for a year-long lease. So we're doing that. And hopefully what I'll, I'll go to the bank and get a cash-out refinance. And I'm not going to um, – I don't necessarily – I don't intend to pull out any equity because my purchase price was so low, mm-hmm. right? So if they are only willing to loan $100,000, I'm only in it for fifty. I kind of have to take mm-hmm. the fifty. Now, my plan for that extra cash, that is tax-free, by the mm-hmm. way, um, I'm going to set aside um, – a good chunk of it for reserves, all right? So even if the market crashed, I'll have like a year's worth of reserves or plus, hopefully I won't, you know, be vacant for an entire year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that, but, you know, you know but, I, I want to, But that, that is something that's exceptionally important is, you know, you said, you know, hold it back as reserves. I think a lot of times where people get in trouble, um, is it's not used for reserves. Um, it's, it's used for, uh, for a Vegas trip. Um, you know, it's used for a, for, well, that for a new, money. new vehicle, you know, yeah. you know, and you know, a person has to be, um, you know, we, we preach conservative here, everything you've done so far in your real estate career is conservative. And I applaud you, you know, I applaud you for that. Um, you know, what makes, you know, I, I'm surprised at your mentality because I, when you know watching social media, I feel like the younger generation of real estate investors thinks so differently. You know what? Well, I was homeschooled, mm-hmm. so that may have something to do with it. I wasn't beaten down by the <laughs> by the public school yeah. system. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's just like it wasn't. I wasn't allowed excuses with things, mm-hmm. and um, you you need got you need to take care of business. And um, I realize that not everybody has my tenacity maybe mm-hmm. um it, it's just it, there's there you you have you have a goal do what yep. you need to do to get mm-hmm. to the goal study the goal do the goal and and like <clears throat> during those two years um of waiting i listened to all of the bigger pockets podcast mm-hmm. i was all reading the forums i was doing research like any book that you you bring up i've read any, like, I'm on my third lap of the podcast, mm-hmm. and I'm not necessarily listening to it for a lot of information. A lot of it's kind of repetitive, but um, a lot of it's repetitive. But there, I'm picking up nuggets mm-hmm. here and there that I didn't realize or even understand before. So I'm still learning, even though I'm listening to it a few times, I'm listening to it again, and I'm like, oh, that makes a lot more sense because I have context in other areas. Um, and I'm just building on my knowledge over and over and over again. Now I don't listen to books that much. I like to read a lot of like, I, li- I like to read a lot of fiction. Um, uh, like what? Give me an example. <laughs> um, I mean, everybody likes Harry Potter. Uh, <laughs> cool, man. Um, yeah. I like, I like, I like the young adult stuff. Um, mm-hmm. the Bartimaeus trilogy. I liked, uh, Lightbringer, um, Brent Weeks as an author. I really like him. Um, if you like, um, um, what's his name? Uh, the Dresden Files. Okay, I've that's, heard of it. That's a good. Mm-hmm. That's a good series. Um, the ending was a little, mm-hmm. a little bit of a downer. You Star Wars fan? You, you know, uh, sometimes yeah. a lot of times I see Harry Potter fans being Star Wars fans too. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not too big yeah. on Star Wars. It's um, there's a not too not too big on Marvel. Um, that's the only manly thing. I'm in a house full of estrogen, two girls <laughs> and a wife, and. You know, I've I've got my my six year old is into Star Wars, so like that's that's like the only like kind of masculine thing I have 
going on is, <laughs> is Star Wars. So I joke about that, but uh, but you know, I and you know, I, I, we joked about it before we came on air. You know, I'm, you said you're very well read, and I talked about how poorly read I was. It's actually not entirely true. I I spent the first thirty eight years of my life never reading a book. Um, well, I listen and, to all know, of this, by the way. Listen, right. I think that's that's okay too. I still listen to some, but my last six years of my life, I've I've read and listened, um, you know, to a lot of books, both right. um, fiction and nonfiction, um, faith based, um, a lot of real estate uh, related books. Um, but anyhow, I mean, I think I think that's 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 good. Um, you know, we always have to be learning. Yeah, you know? and I think and I think there's also you got to be really self aware of your learning and your um, you don't want to get burnt out with things. Yeah. And while I did concentrate specifically on real estate and I, I've read all the real estate books or at least all the popular ones anyways, um, I, I took breaks. Mm-hmm. All right. So, you know, if after I read like three or four real estate books, okay, let's, let's, let's stop and let's, let's eat something, you know, yeah. not real estate related. And, you know, you do that with anything, you know, just, just mix it up a little bit. And I agree. Keep, keep the momentum up. So when people say, do you have a book recommendation? Not really. Right. Just have a consistent effort in the knowledge consuming area and then do whatever makes you happy at that time. But just keep moving in that direction. Well, That's all you variety do. is the, is the spice of life. So, yeah. um, we're getting towards the end of our show. I, you know, I want to spend the last, you know, five to 10 minutes, um, on a few, um, questions that I've thought of just during this podcast, yeah. but, um, so what are you, you talked about being goal oriented. Yeah. You're 27 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think 40 is a, is a very, um, you know, it's a number that, that, that hits home to a lot of people. I know I sure hated it whenever I turned 40. Um, but you know, so say by the time you're 40, what would be, what would the picture be like, you know, for Daniel as far as real estate and real estate investing? What what what's your what's your vision of it? I would like to fund and build my own apartment complex, maybe two or three hundred units. Mm-hmm. Maybe I mean I don't know if that's a practical thing. Totally, anything, but like I, what I envision for myself going forward is to buy a lot of rental properties, um, use that to catapult me into into I guess next level i'll stop investing for cash flow and i'll start investing for more um uh, value um and stable markets so where then i can potentially um leverage against them (laughs) i don't want to say that word around you guys you know i am about leverage (laughs) but i'd like to i don't and let me say i'm not totally against leverage i'm against leveraging your life to the to the knife's edge as scotty always says in the knife's edge you know um but you know, I don't want everyone to think that. Oh my gosh, I've done all of everything that I've ever done without borrowing a penny. Not true. Well, yeah, um, and I and I don't think that I I don't want to borrow everything. Mm-hmm. But like I, what I'd like to do is I just cash out those those smaller rental properties and invest buy something in like Fairfax, where mm-hmm. like Washington D.C. is not going out of business anytime soon. Right. So um, <laughs> if you buy something close to there, mm-hmm. the value is probably going to be relatively stable. Your mm-hmm. cash flow is going to be non-existent, but. Um, the value will be there, and you can take that that stable product to a bank and be like, "Hey, I've got all these properties in this area. Um, I want to build this other thing. Let's work mm-hmm. with it." They might fi- they might finance like, you know, fifty percent. While I 
have 50% or whatever. It doesn't matter. But um, that's what I'd like to do. I'd start building. Because I think for the next about 10 years, our um, – I guess, I guess – yeah. That's not forty, but mm-hmm. for the next ten years, I think that it's it's all about units. It's close enough. Yeah, well, whatever. It's close enough. Um, for trust me, thirty-seven turns into forty real fast. Yeah. So don't worry about it. Yeah, you know. But I, I think you just need we need to build more units. Yeah. Um, but and I, I don't know if that's happening there, but I also am aware of manufactured housing. I'd like to start building some more manufacturing. That's different than modular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked a little bit about this before we before we started recording. Yeah, it's a good conversation. So, something I'm not an expert in, but um, but well, let me let me also I want to I want to pivot just a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I, first of all, I'm really impressed with your story. I believe in everything that you're doing. I believe you're doing it right. There's a I lot know. of people that I, that, that uh, get into real estate that I believe are doing it the wrong way. And I would tell you that if I thought that you were. I um, so, you know, you are a big piece of the audience that the homeboys, you know, want to reach to. Because we yeah. believe that there's financial literacy is dying in this country. We believe that there's a lot of bad real estate advice. And sometimes the homeboys get into be just doing the, ooh, beware we're fear mongers and you know chicken littles and the sky is falling so you know i'm uh i'm 17 years older uh than you are a different generation yeah what can the homeboys be doing to speak to you and what you believe your generation needs to hear more instead of just being the fear mongers that we are i think provide an avenue of uh Everybody, they want a book. They want a game plan. They want a simple way, like, if you do this, you will get that. Um, And I think that my generation also needs to understand that this isn't easy, Mm -hmm. right? I have have applied a tremendous amount of focus and drive towards this specific goal. So my did this, it, I made it happen. I Mm -hmm. made it do that. I did what needed to happen to do it. But um, I think what the homeboys can bring to the table is to just say, like, the ways of doing it. So when you say, hey, don't do this, well, if you want to get to the same area, you can do this other thing. Mm-hmm. All right, this is the safer way to do it. This is the right way to do it. But versus just saying no. I mean, I, you know, your, your kids are a little bit younger, but when mm-hmm. I was, well, younger – um, Especially younger for someone in their mid forties, but yeah, I, mm-hmm. no was not an acceptable answer. To me. Right, no is not an acceptable answer. So when somebody says "Don't do that," I don't. I stop listening to you. So I, so then I go and I figure out a way to do it. And if somebody says, "Hey, buy a Bentley," you leverage your four hundred one k. I mean, not that I have a four hundred one k, but understood. If they give an mm-hmm. avenue, if they give a path, I'm going to take that path. So if you want to have a positive influence on them, give them the right path. Okay. Bentleys well, aren't the right path. That's not. Right. That's not happening. Well, you know, Scotty's on vacation right now. He's just. He is an exceptionally angry old man. <laughs> so, like, whenever he gets back in town, I'm gonna. I'm gonna set him down and say, "Hey, man, we got to start smiling more." You I know, mean, and you can be negative. Path. It's fine. It's just you know. <laughs> it's funny. It's like. Scotty and I are, are uh, I think our producer behind the, the the camera here would 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 acknowledge we're we're really fun loving you know happy non pessimistic guys in life. You have an outlet, but, for but it. you know, but what, what happens <laughs> is we believe that there's so much bad advice, you know, on TikTok and Facebook and you know whatever social media platform there is. 
we get a little hot under the collar, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes that's what our show has been. Um, so like having you on, you know, I've, I've, I've learned, you know, and I appreciate you reaching out to us I through you you know, social media and, you know, coming on, uh, we appreciate you watching us and, you know, but this has been a learning experience for us because we aren't, uh, it's weird. I think you get into your, uh, your mid thirties and, you know, mid forties and it takes a while to realize that you're not young anymore and that there's a generation behind you that the, the way of thinking is different. So, you know, the home the homeboys are dedicated to financial literacy, you know, um, for real estate investors primarily, but fin- financial literacy in general. We are going to take your recommendations. You will be seeing it. some different um, content, some different pass forward. But uh, I believe in everything that you're doing. I applaud you. Um, you. you keep – if you stay the course doing what you are doing – I have zero doubt that you're going to look back in 10 years, which 10 years goes by exceptionally fast, and you will be, you know, benefiting from the fruits of your labor because you need to say that again because, like, my parents are, are doubters around here. So, well, like, <laughs> you know what? My, yeah, I, I think that's because your your parents love you, and you know, parents are always quick to doubt because yeah. they don't want to see their kid fall on their face. Because my dad was the same way. God rest his soul, and I miss him every day. But you know, there's so many times that he told me not to do things, and I yeah. look back and I'm like, man, I should have did exactly what he told me not to do. I've had some of those you realizations, know, and I love my dad more than anything. And he was a wonderful human being but uh hey daniel's mom and dad sometimes you're just wrong and you know get <laughs> get on board with what he's doing and back off okay so that's right but i i think you know what you're doing is great and if you keep this approach slow and steady and educating yourself along the way like you've talked to all these other professionals and relied on these professionals you are going to su- succeed my friend so yeah. I, I commend you so Thanks for coming on. I want to plug real quick. You do have some social media out there if you want to plug it. Uh, uh, Jules dot uh, real, real estate is my Instagram, and then okay. I think my uh, my TikTok. Is, well, I mean, you can go back and look through the comments, but um, my TikTok is at uh, Daniel Jewel fifty three. I've got some stuff that's more current. I kind of there's an impulse stuff, but um, I, I outline specifics on like jobs and such on mm-hmm. my Instagram. If you if you want to read, you can go do that don't don't knock my spelling because whatever oh i but, can't spell for anything <laughs> dude you're, but, you're all good yeah but my instagram is um is uh let me pull it up here for a second um let me make sure i give you the right stuff um yeah it's jewel j-e-w-e-l-l-s dot real estate and that's my Instagram. So we want to plug him out there because Daniel is part of the whole boy's family, whether he likes it or not, and there's no way of getting out. So, hey, keep listening. Invest like him. Go conservative. Learn along the way. It doesn't have to be that difficult. Till next time, happy investing.